Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Are you caring for an aging parent? Are you searching for answers? Welcome to Senior Care Live, a program dedicated to you. Providing information, education, and resources, helping you become the best caregiver you can be. I'm your host, Steve Keeker. Hello and welcome to Senior Care Live. Thanks for tuning in today. I really appreciate it. Thousands of people listen to the program right here on Talk 980 AM KMBZ. The program can also be heard via podcast at uh, SeniorCareLive.com and through the platforms Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, and Player FM Podcast. This program is all about educating seniors and their caregivers, helping them make informed decisions. This is a great place to listen and learn. And so many people consider Senior Care Live appointment radio, and I hope you will too. If you have a question, visit online at Senior Care Live, L I V E, SeniorCareLive.com, or you can call the phone number 1 800 331 6445. All right, uh, today we have an excellent program for you here. Today, we'd like to introduce my friend and special guest, Mr. David Wiley. He's the president and CEO of Kansas City Hospice and Palliative Care. And David, welcome back to Senior Care Live. Thanks, Steve. It's good to be here today. All right, and it's great to have you. And uh, uh, David, you know, some of us are familiar with uh, National Nurses Week, but I understand this is now recognized as National Nurses Month. So can you start out by telling us about the significance of this celebration? Sure, Steve. Uh, I'm happy to. You know, National Nurses Week is observed each year, starting on May 6th and ending on May 12th which happens to be the birthday of Florence Nightingale. So May 12th is her birthday, um, who was a trailblazing figure uh, in nursing. She greatly influenced the 19th and 20th century policies around proper medical care and was known for her night rounds to aid the wounded and became known as the lady with the lamp. And uh, her mission was to bring expert health care into people's homes. And that um, continues today with home health and hospice programs, um, such as those that that we carry out at Kansas City Hospice. So um, a little bit more information. So in May 2020, recognizing the heroic work uh, nurses did during the pandemic, uh, this week-long celebration was expanded to the entire month of May. And um, it's a chance to highlight dedication of nurses across many settings of their work. Um, Nursing is the largest healthcare profession in the United States with over 3.8 million registered nurses nationwide. And um, as we all know, nurses, 
They work in hospitals, health clinics, long-term care facilities. And in the, in the case of Kansas City Hospice, actually wherever people call home is where they work. And they provide you know, home care, hospice. Uh, many are specialized in areas like pediatrics and neuroscience and public health and mental health. And so promoted by the American Nurses Association, uh, National Nurses Week encourages organizations such as ours and all across the country to celebrate and recognize the outstanding contributions that nurses make in healthcare every single day. All right, that is excellent. I, I love that expansion due to uh, just the recognition of last year and well deserved. I'll say that. So, yeah. And, and you know, David, I don't think there's anyone who can say that they haven't been touched by the work of a nurse and their contributions really do stretch across every single area of healthcare. Uh, is there more you can share about the history of National Nurses Month? Sure. Um, from a historical perspective, um, proposals to recognize uh, Nurses Week actually date all the way back to 1953, but frankly weren't successful until 1974. And that's when President Nixon issued a proclamation to recognize a National Nurses Week. And then in 1982, which is the same year that the hospice Medicare benefit actually came into, uh, into existence, Congress and President Reagan at the time designated May 6th to be a National Recognition Day for nurses, uh, formally recognizing the celebration. And then the American Nurses Association promoted the effort and later in the 1990s expanded uh, the event to a week-long celebration known as National Nurses Week. And um, the week then concludes on May 12th, which, as I mentioned earlier, is the birthday of Florence Nightingale. And what has been celebrated by the International Council of Nurses as International Nurses Day since 1965. Hmm. And then they always have a theme. And this year, um, the theme is Nurses Make a Difference. And then um, finally, the, the World Health Organization declared 2020 to be the International Year of the Nurse in honor of what would have been the 200th birthday of Florence Nightingale. And um, this declaration and honor was extended for another year. So the celebration of the nursing profession continues on all the way through 2021. Excellent, excellent. And as you said, David, the impact of nursing uh, to healthcare became even more apparent over this over this past year. I mean, uh, glaringly apparent. Uh, can you talk mm -hmm. to us a little bit about the role nursing plays in end of life care? Sure. Um, you know, first, I think it's important to understand that nurses are highly educated, they're very skilled, but also multifaceted in their training and their expertise. Um, the rigor of nursing education contributes to a professional knowledge of physical, mental, and emotional components of health and skills in critical thinking and problem solving. And hospice and home care patients really, I think, value their expertise because, um, you know, as well as the nurse's ability to help them understand and navigate a complex medical system, which is always difficult. Um, hospice and, uh, well, you know, for these reasons that they fill uh, a really important role within hospice as the case manager for the process. And they work closely with our team of physicians and other professionals to focus on the full spectrum of whatever the patient is needing uh, with their serious illness and end of life. Um, our, our nurse managers oversee the direction and coordination of across all the disciplines and that's called a plan of care which is developed and that's um they work really closely with everyone to make sure that as things evolve that uh key decisions are made and we adjust over time and um, finally nurse case managers also determine what type of counseling education and care 
family members uh, may need before, during, and after the patient's death. Wow, that's a lot. <laughs> it, it is a lot. It's a big job. Big job. Yeah, yeah. A- absolutely. It's a, it's a huge job, and thank goodness uh, uh, we have uh, experts like this helping helping navigate all of this. So, in addition to case managers, uh, are there other roles nurses fill in hospice? You, you know, it's a good question, Steve. Um, you know, one thing that's very unique about Kansas City Hospice is that we have dedicated admission nurses. And these are um, the nurses that, that often are the first person that a family comes into contact with when inquiring about hospice. And then they guide patients and families through a hospice assessment, the admission process, and they really do play a key role in educating families about end-of-life care and getting, you know, getting everything off on the right foot is really important. Um, visit nurses, they supplicant, they can supplement the care uh, being provided by the nurse case manager. Um, and triage nurses, we have available 24-7. They receive calls um, about um, at-home emergencies or situation, and then they give advisement to family members on needed care. Um, and so really, it's just a, uh, a comprehensive system of terrific people that make it all happen. Uh, that's a lot of nurses handling a lot of critical uh, steps in that whole process. That, that's really impressive. And, uh, and in an impressive streak of 19 years and counting, <laughs> uh, Americans <laughs> have rated nurses as the number one most ethical and honest profession. And that's according mm-hmm. to the most recent Gallup poll. Uh, so why do you think that is? You know, I think that uh, nurses provide unmatched expertise when it comes to the the healthcare that they provide, and and really what makes a nurse unique in any role, but certainly in hospice, is their ability to build a trusting relationship with patients and families. Um, all of the, our caregivers become an intimate support to families at a significant time in their lives. But I do hear all the time from families who participate uh, or that that they anticipate when a nurse is coming and how important they are. They talk about how they particularly felt comforted uh, by their nurse and the compassion and kindness that they show is just really um, unmatched. And while the number one national ranking of nurses um, as the most ethical and honest profession is impressive, I think what really is equally impressive are the thousands of families right here in Kansas City who note that their satisfaction with the care that they receive by Kansas City Hospice. It's really important. And it's that care that greatly depends on our team of expert, compassionate nurses. And we're super grateful to them, always. All right, ec- excellent. And, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, I always learn something about Kansas City Hospice every time that we visit uh, here on the program. I think it's really impressive that you have a nurse uh, who, is, who is on the phone and, or, or maybe in person, but a nurse is that first point of contact uh, rather than may, someone else who is not a nurse. And, and, and I'm sure, you know, someone else might be able to do a fine job, but I think having a nurse, I think that's just a level of excellence that I, I, I didn't realize that, and I'm really impressed by that, David. Thanks. Thanks, Steve. Uh, You know, we want to take care of our families, and uh, that's a critical decision that we've made. 
All right. And uh, of course, uh, I have a very soft spot <laughs> in my heart about uh, National uh, Nurses Day week and now month. Uh, my wife, yeah. Susan, is a registered nurse. And, uh-huh. uh, you know, and I'll probably uh, brag about her more maybe next week on the program. But she receives the highest ratings uh, from uh, with patient feedback. And we love Susan. And some of them say, you know, they look forward to seeing her uh, every every trip to the doctor's office. And uh, she just gets the highest ratings. And, and you're right. Uh, almost every nurse, I think maybe every nurse that I have ever known, uh, they're like that. They're they're caring, loving, and like you said, highly educated, high level of expertise. And uh, I I just uh, I I love nurses so much. I married one. So. <laughs> <laughs> Good job, Steve. <laughs> so, all right. Uh, so, so David, we'll uh, we'll follow up here in just a second, but let's not forget the Senior Care Live question of the week. Nurses are ranked as the number one most trusted profession, ranking above medical doctors, judges, and even teachers. Is that statement true or false? The answer coming up next. You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. For more information, call now, toll-free, 1-800-331-6445. Operators are standing by, 1-800-331-6445. I'll be right back. Welcome back. You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. For more information, go to SeniorCareLive.com. And you can stream this program to any electronic device at SeniorCareLive.com and through the app Odyssey.com. And that's A-U-D-A-C-Y.com. All right, back to the Senior Care Live question of the week. Nurses are ranked as the number one most trusted profession, and that's ranking above medical doctors, judges, and even teachers. Is that statement true or false? And the answer is... True. The answer is true. And David, tell us about that. Well, Steve, according to Gallup, uh, nurses have been the number one ranking profession since the inception of the list in 1999, And that's with the exception of one year, and that's uh, following September 11th, when firefighters were ranked number one, uh, earning the highest score to date for any profession, uh, beating out nurses by just one percentage point that year. All right. That's really, really interesting. I did not know that. So, uh, David, you're always (laughs) teaching me something new. (laughs) (laughs) I try. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, And, David, before the break, we discussed a lot of great information about recognizing the important role that nurses play in healthcare, and you shared the role of nursing and hospice. Uh, but May is also National Mental Health Awareness Month. So I wanted to spend a little time talking about mental health today. And uh, joining, uh, joining us today is Susan Wurtenberger, team lead and grief support specialist at Kansas City Hospice. And Susan provides education about grief and loss and offers counseling to people who struggle with grief, loss, and trauma. And she began her career as a teacher and school counselor before moving into to uh, the therapeutic settings uh, to work with children, teens, and adults. And, uh, you know, grief is natural, and it will be felt uh, differently and uniquely by everyone of all ages. And Susan strives to help others develop coping strategies and healing. That's super important. Uh, Susan, welcome back to Senior Care Live. Thanks for having me. 
You're welcome. Great, uh, great to have you here. And, and, you know, Susan, more and more often people are realizing that caring for your mental health is just as important as your physical health. Would you agree with that? I would, Steve. It's an important point because we're seeing an increased need in the number seeking support. And, you know, our hospice and palliative care is about quality of life and comfort. And to provide that, you must care for the whole person, which includes not only the physical needs, but, you know, the spiritual, emotional, and mental health needs. And for this reason, end-of-life care includes services provided by our non-denominational chaplains, our art, music, and other expressive therapists, licensed social workers, and grief counselors. At Kansas City Hospice, the whole family is eligible to be included in this care. Excellent, excellent. And is grief really considered a mental health need? That's a great question, Steve. It absolutely is considered a mental health need. Although in the U.S., we've had to come a long way for grief to be recognized as a mental health need. As you said earlier, grief is universal, and it's something that we all have or will experience in our lifetimes. It accompanies one of life's most significant and challenging transitions, the death of a loved one. Often that death is someone who's had a significant presence in your life for a long time, whether it be as a parent or a spouse, a child or a friend. Although grief is a common human experience, it hasn't been widely recognized as a mental health need. And as a result, there's a lack of experience among traditional mental health providers in providing that specialized counseling for grief. What's unique is that Kansas City Hospice provides anticipatory grief support to hospice families, which precedes the expected death of a loved one and continues for a full year following the death. We also offer a unique mental health counseling program called Passages for those coping with complicated grief, the combination of trauma and loss, and other difficult life transitions. Our Solace House Community Center for Grief and Healing serves youth as young as age three up through adults of all ages with individual and family counseling and peer support groups. Unlike those who receive Kansas City Hospice bereavement support, which typically follows an expected death due to serious illness, these individuals and families have often experienced a sudden and unexpected death, like a health event, an accident, suicide, or even homicide. In our Passages program and at Solace House, we have counselors who are trained to provide highly effective therapy to kids and teens who are struggling with concerning symptoms of grief. You know, that timely support for these kids and their families is really important to teaching them um, good, healthy coping skills and preventing grief from negatively affecting their health and well-being throughout their lifetime. To support those kids and families, we also offer Camp Aaron and Camp Carousel, our grief support camps, which we're really excited to announce will be resuming in a modified format in 2021. Oh, good. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad to hear that. Uh, so many things are now going to be offered, even if in a modified form this year. So uh, that's really exciting. So c- could you tell us more about the types of psychoeducational groups facilitated by uh, Kansas City Hospice Grief Support? Yeah, I'd be happy to. 
Um, as you may know, Kansas City Hospice has been a leader in traditional educational groups like Navigating Grief, the Grief Journey, Partner and Child Loss Groups. And we've even developed several groups that we've called our Expressive Series. This includes easing grief through writing or journaling, book discussion, yoga, art, cooking for one, and sorting through. So sorting through, that sounds really interesting. Tell, Tell me more about that one. Sure. Those of us in the grief field understand that maintaining connections to our loved ones while remembering them and the qualities that made them unique and special to us is a critical part of the mourning process. People who talk about their loss soon after the death occurs and continue to honor the memories of their loved ones almost always fare better emotionally as compared to those who avoid enduring connections. Our grief support staff began to notice patterns in our clients' questions and concerns about sorting through and finding a new home for their loved one's belongings. So we created an educational and support group that would address the timing and process of sorting through both the everyday and sentimental items collected over a lifetime. That That is excellent. And Susan, you mentioned something earlier that, uh, it, well, first of all, and again, I, I learn something every time. So you actually <laughs> provide anticipatory grief support uh, prior to the death of a loved one, and then that continues on for an entire year. And you said something really, really important that uh, I didn't realize the benefits until I actually experienced that through uh, the the terminal illness and death of my father many years ago. Uh, but um, I didn't. I always thought you know hospice takes care of the patient, and of course, of course, you do. Uh, but you were there just as much for the family. Uh, for your, you are there for the families. And our our hospice uh, provider many years ago, I, I, they provided a tremendous amount of support for the family. And that just, I was a little bit surprised by that because I didn't know what to expect. Uh, but I am fully aware of that, and would just like everyone to know that uh, this is as much of a service for families uh, and the loved ones of the person who is. Who was who in that dying process? So, uh, David, uh, can you uh, can you and Susan hang on just for a few more moments uh, after the break? I have a few more things I'd love to discuss with you. Sure, Steve, we'd be happy to. Thank you. Okay, all right, we'll have more coming up next. You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. For more information, call now, toll free. 1-800-331-6445. Operators are standing by. 1-800-331-6445. I'll be right back. Welcome back. You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. For more information, go to SeniorCareLive.com. And don't forget to check out our podcast of every recent episode of this program, again, at SeniorCareLive.com. And uh, David and Susan, thanks for staying over uh, with me a a little bit longer than uh, anticipated. Just a few other things I wanted to get to. And, uh, uh, you know, it, it sounds like Finding ways to remember and honor loved ones is a big part of coping with loss. And uh, David, is there anything else that you might want to highlight for us today? Sure, Steve. You know, I just like to comment that um, Susan and the entire team do a phenomenal job and sorting through, like she just talked about, is just a great example of their their 
uh, hard work when they come together to find ways to support the community. Um, I'd just like to highlight that our grief support services that we offer at Kansas City Hospice and Palliative Care, are they're at no cost to participants, uh, thanks to our generous donors. And uh, our services are open to the greater Kansas City community. And if, if space is available, anyone who's experienced the death of someone um, can register for a group like the ones that we've described. Uh, they can request a camp ap application, which is also free, or orientation at Solace House for or therapy um, and, our, and our passages program. So, you know, we believe that our, our grief support services are valuable for grievers and we want to provide support for those in our community that could really benefit from these these experts that we uh, are so fortunate to have on our team. Absolutely. Very, very fortunate. And uh, David, what's the best way to contact you if listeners are interested in any of these groups or Kansas City Hospice and Palliative Care Services? Um, you know, Steve, our website is a great resource for grievers and those facing um, end-of-life issues. It has our group information, our camp information, information on both passages and Solace House, um, and some articles and information about grief and, and how to support grievers. So our main phone number is always available for those that are left comfortable or less comfortable, sorry, with uh, electronics. Um, so I'll just mention that our website is kchospice.org or our phone number is 816-363-2600. All right, kchospice.org or 816-363-2600. And clearly the work of Kansas City Hospice does not stop. And there are so many ways people can continue to help their fellow community members. And David, I have one more question for you related to how we as a community can support each other, particularly as we grieve the loss of loved ones and remember them together. Now, for decades now, Kansas City Hospice has held a community ceremony, and it's just a beautiful thing. It's called the Circle of Lights, and it offers individuals and families a very powerful way to remember their loved ones. And rain, shine, and even through a pandemic this uh, <laughs> this event has occurred every single year the week before memorial day so uh, david last year you took the event virtual which is certainly understandable and presented what i thought was a beautiful program of remembrance online and what are you planning uh this year for this uh, beautiful event circle of lights you know it's a great question steve and, and i'm glad you appreciate it you know the event is so meaningful to not only the families that we serve at Kansas City Hospice, but to the people throughout the community who've experienced the death of someone that they cared for or loved. So I'm happy to say that yes, we're hosting Circle of Lights once again this year, the evening of May 25th at 8 p.m. That's the Tuesday before Memorial Day. And although you know vaccination has become more available in the Kansas City area, we want people uh, in all situations to be comfortable with participating. So we're again going to gather virtually um, as a community in an online way. Um, so we've developed a program and are developing a program that will be meaningful and powerful for families. And the online format is exciting in its own way because frankly, it allows people from all over the country to participate. And last year we had more than 700 households tune in. So um, wow. it was quite, quite popular last year. So if if you have someone that um, you love that you'd like to um, be recognized, you can go to our website at kchospice.org forward slash 
in remembrance. So that's I N remembrance. You can make a, a secure donation to tribute your loved one if you choose. Um, and you can request that a candle be lit in their name for display on the site. And you'll be asked for your email address, and then we'll send you a link to join us to participate in the community event. And again, that's going to be held on May 25th at 8 p.m. And that's that's excellent. And David, you know, so many things uh, lose. I mean, everything's okay. So the whole last year plus, everything's gone virtual. <laughs> a lot of a lot of times that's okay and sometimes it kind of falls flat and loses something uh you did hey spec you and the team did a spectacular job uh that uh, although it's not quite as good as being in person but that was really really well done i felt the emotion i felt the connection you did a great job with that last year thank you steve you know um that was early on in everything that we were dealing with so i appreciate that and uh i think the team will take it again um, like they always do to the next level. So I, I can't wait for May 25th this year. It's going to be great. Yeah, that is that is excellent. So uh, again, that's the Circle of Lights uh, Life Celebration, and it's the evening of May 25th at 8 p.m. And for more information, you could go to kchospice.org slash in remembrance or 816-363-2600. All right, David and Susan, thanks so much for being here today and staying over with me a little bit. I appreciate your time and uh, appreciate all that you do for our community and just want to thank you again. Thanks, Steve. We appreciate it. It's my pleasure. Thank you, Steve. All right. Again, thanks to David and Susan from Kansas City Hospice and Palliative Care. And uh, I'll, I'll tell you what, I, I've participated in the Circle of Lights uh, uh, Remembrance Program the last couple of years, maybe three years. Uh, but it is a beautiful program, and uh, I, I'm, it's very powerful. It's moving. Uh, I've, I always uh, give tribute to my father in remembrance and, and the, the lighting of the, the candle and everything. And even online, that was just great. It was so well done last year. And I agree with David, the team will take it to the next level. It will be even better this year. So again, if you would like to remember your loved one or participate in the program, it's called the Circle of Lights. And you could go online to kchospice.org slash in remembrance. Or you could just give them a call if you'd like at 816-363-2600 if you'd like to participate in that program. It really is a beautiful and powerful uh, ceremony, and uh, I, I think you'll be surprised at how well this is done online, even though it's not in person. Uh, it's very, very well, well done. So uh, congratulations, KC Hospice. I'm looking forward to this year's event. Okay, so I'm going to spend the rest of the program talking about one of our core categories, and that is how to pay for senior care. And so, you know, a lot of times that is that's the big elephant in the room. So we can work out all sorts of details and then, oh, how are we going to pay for that? <laughs> and sometimes, you know, sometimes as in you know, the hospice services, most insurance uh, companies, even private insurance companies, and then of course Medicare uh, pays for hospice services and support, and that's excellent. And Medicare and insurance companies will also pay for some skilled nursing and rehab and some other things. But once you get into 
bringing in a home care company or maybe going to an adult daycare program or maybe moving into an assisted living community or even into a long-term care community, they do not pay for those sort of things. So now we're talking about, you know, custodial care in, in the in the in these communities and then of course home care is in your own home and adult daycare is is exactly what it sounds like adult daycare typically for adults with cognitive issues so what type of insurance can help you pay for that or is there a type of insurance the good news is yes there is it's called long-term care insurance and you know back in the day this used to be called nursing home insurance back in the 90s i had a friend in the insurance business and he said no one seems to want to talk to me about buying this nursing home policy nursing home insurance he said it's great coverage and you know it's really expensive if you have to pay for it but it just doesn't sound very exciting <laughs> and uh it's and i wasn't surprised that he had a little little bit of a difficult time uh, discussing that with folks people just didn't want to think about it and frankly it was very limited. It was just limited to your stay in a nursing home. That's literally what it was called uh, at that time. So uh, long-term care insurance is a special type of insurance that very specifically pays for long-term care, and that would include, so it's really expanded today. So it includes in-home care through a home care provider. Uh, it would include your stay in an assisted living community, and I've talked about that in depth in the past, adult daycare, and then services provided at a long-term care community, and again, sometimes referred to as a nursing home. Uh, so there's a there's a catch to this. This isn't Obamacare or something like that where you know everyone can qualify. You must qualify for long-term care insurance with what? With your good health. And you could be declined if you have any substantial pre-existing health conditions. And uh, I met with a really nice uh, couple, oh, it's been about a month ago. And he said, Steve, my wife is in worse health than I am. And she got covered and I was declined. And he said, I'm, I'm, st I'm doing really well. And I said, well, why did they decline you? And he said, because one of my parents died of a certain disease before a particular age. So that indicated family history and boom, they declined me. So he was not very happy about that. So, so the point is you have to qualify with your relatively good health. And that's just the beginning of a lot of information I'm gonna share with you coming up next. You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. For more information, call now, toll-free, 1-800-331-6445. Operators are standing by, 1-800-331-6445. I'll be right back. Welcome back. You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. For more information, go to SeniorCareLive.com. And I'll tell you what, once in a while, you got to take a break and just have a giggle. <laughs> All right, so... I have a few, and some of these are better than others, but anyway, <laughs> we'll give it a shot here. <laughs> so 
my, my wife asked me what I was going to do today, and I told her nothing. She said, you did that yesterday. And I said, I know, I wasn't finished. <laughs> All right, here's another one. <laughs> my wife just stopped what she was doing and said, you weren't even listening, were you? And I thought, wow, that's a pretty weird way to start a conversation. Okay, and, and then the last one, here's a picture of a really very crabby-looking lady. And she said, I'm a social media pioneer. I've been unfriending people since back in the 50s. <laughs> All right, so I've been getting some pretty good feedback on that. I think uh, I think most people enjoy the uh, the break. Sometimes we get pretty intense here on Senior Care Live. We talk about really uh, serious things, and it's it's. Uh, I think it's good once in a while just to have a little fun and uh, and, and just tell some jokes. Some of them are better than others. Um, my kids told me one of them was kind of lame, but anyway, you know what do they know? So. <laughs> But uh, so, okay, so we're talking about long-term care insurance. And uh, and again, long-term care insurance is a special type of insurance that specifically pays for long-term care. And that includes home care, assisted living, adult day care, and then services provided in a long-term care community, also known as a nursing home. Uh, you do have to qualify with your good health. So if uh, if if you if you've had some major health issues, it could even be some you know a little more minor that could disqualify you from uh, from obtaining and, and that that type of coverage. So first of all, I want to talk about a deductible. I don't know why they call this an elimination period. Someone actually told me something the other day that made kind of made sense, but I still think. This is a deductible, but but if you want to know on your policy or, or any policy that you may be considering, the elimination period is essentially a deductible that says you'll pay for the first 30 days, 60 days, 90 days, 180 days. Uh, and then after that point, then the policy begins to pay you that daily benefit. And so probably the most common elimination period that I've seen over all the years is a 90-day elimination period. So you'll pay for the care, whatever it is, for the first three months. And then on that 91st day, then the policy is is uh, is in that payout mode, and it'll start paying your X dollars per day, whatever your benefit is. So that's the elimination period. If you choose a shorter period or a, a smaller deductible, okay, the premiums will be higher. So these are some of the things that can be adjusted to affect your premium. If you have a longer elimination period, that's more out of pocket for you up front, but that also lowers your monthly or annual premium. If that makes sense, just like, just like on our home, or let's say your automobile uh, coverage. If you have a hundred dollar deductible, your premium is X dollars. If you have a thousand dollar deductible, it's a lot more out of your pocket. Your premium is going to be lower, right? So that's how that works. Same same thing with long term care insurance. And then there's a daily benefit amount, and that is the amount of money that this policy will pay you per day. Again, for home care, adult daycare, assisted living, and long term care. Okay. 
So I say, in my humble opinion, you need at least $200 a day, and I would actually uh, opt for at a minimum of $250 a day, and that is, uh, you just about have to have that to pay for the most expensive level of care, which is that that uh, long-term care, that nursing home level. $7,500 a month is pretty common, and that's for a shared room. But at least that would get you in there and get your get your care covered. So $250 a day is the benefit that I would recommend. And uh, so so again, this kind of mess this this can alter the premium. So the higher the benefit, you know, the more it pays you per day, then the higher the premium will be. And also, I think this goes without uh, without too much thought, but. Uh, if if you have savings or investments and you're able to pay a hundred dollars a day for your care from your own resources, uh, and and you need two fifty, then then just get long term care uh, to supplement that at a hundred and fifty dollars. So if you can kick in a hundred dollars a day and your policy kicks in a hundred and fifty dollars a day, then there's your two fifty. Right, and if if you don't have any resources, then your policy needs to pay out two hundred and fifty dollars. So it, it could be a combination of your resources plus the insurance benefit. And then uh, this is an absolute must, in my opinion. Uh, this this is just not negotiable. You need to have the inflation rider on your policy. And that means that the coverage increases by 5% per year. And then that helps keep up with the rising cost of senior care. Because guess what? All of this stuff is going up three to 5% per year, all of these different programs. On average, that's that's going to uh, affect, the cost is gonna be a lot more expensive 10 or 20 years down the road than it is today. And if your policy isn't keeping up with those rising costs, you're gonna fall way, way short 10 20 25 30 years down the road when you need it the most it's going to it's going to fall short and i've seen that happen and it was uh it was a really it was a really bad thing so don't don't let that happen uh, just take old steve's word for it and get the five percent per year inflation rider and then i recommend a term of five years uh, again you could go a shorter term premium will be less but all of the statistics that you want to you want to look at from anywhere will state that your average length of stay uh, in in senior care communities and and throughout the time needing care is 5 years and so that's why you see so many 5 year policies you can get longer coverage period uh, and that would be even better just to be covered but the premium will be higher on that so uh, just make note of that and uh, and you know they used to sell back in the day they sold lifetime benefit policies and then guess what these insurance companies started losing their shirts on these things. They were paying out just massive amounts of money, and they quit selling them. Unfortunately, I wish I could have nabbed one of those. So, uh, so, but but get a five-year policy, a five-year term, and that'll 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 do you well. Uh, and then I don't have a lot a lot of time to explain this in depth, but in my opinion, this must be a state participating plan, meaning that the state will match you dollar for dollar. Uh, the amount of money that your long-term care insurance policy paid out. So a quick example, if your insurance policy paid out $100,000 for your care and later you should qualify for Medicaid, that Medicaid spend-down amount is down to 
$100,000, not $2,000 or $5,000. So at that point, you've essentially protected $100,000 or the amount that your policy paid out. And last but not least, seek out a professional insurance representative that can represent multiple companies so that he or she can shop around for the best rate and the best fit possible. All right, I'm your host, Steve Keeker, and I wish you grace and peace. May God bless you and your family on this day and always. Join me next week right here on Senior Care Live. Senior Care Live.